Radio Shabbat Shalom Israel Judah Woo Righteous Radio with DJ Yako Coming at ya Oh yeah Righteous Radio Where the truth is the sound Righteousness is in the atmosphere Can you feel it? We winners over here, man. Oh, yeah. You know what it is. Judah, the most high true prophets are back. The true prophets are black. <laughs> Righteous radio cannot be stopped. Another startling episode. Shalom. Righteous Radio, where the truth is the sound. Shabbat Shalom, Israel. All praises for another week, another moment above ground. To teach the truth of the gospel of Christ. To teach the truth about the laws, statutes, and commandments of the Most High. Two, gather the lost tribes of the children of Israel. Two, dispel all false doctrines and false religion across the planet. This is Righteous Radio, where the truth is the sound. And... You gonna learn today. <laughs> we call it this one. Episode 10. Undeniable. When you have married the Canaanites, do you know who came to the tribe of Judah who were very important? Yes, you're right. King David. Did you know that in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 12, and 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 22, it tells us that King David was ready. You might not have known that. That means he was like a what? He was a reddish brown complexion. If you pick up dirt, then you would see what color King David was. Yes, you're right, King David. Did you know that in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 12, and 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 22, it tells us that King David was ready. You might not have known that. That means he was like a what? 
He was a reddish brown complexion. If you pick up dirt, then you would see what color King David was. He was looked like a regular classical African. Also, when you look at the minutes in the book of Matthew and Luke, and you look at the minutes, guess what you find in the minutes of Jesus? Did you know that Salem married Rahab the Harlot? So you know Rahab the Harlot was a Canaanite because that's where he dwelt in the Canaan, in the land of Canaan. And so since he was black and he married um, Salem, and Salem had guess who Boaz? And I mean, Boaz was what we call today a black Israelite. Okay? Now, Boaz married Ruth, and Ruth was a Moabitess. Okay? And the Moabitess, they were Moabitess Canaanites, so she was also a classical African. So since Boaz was black and she was black, they had guess who? They had Obed. And Obed had Jesse, and Jesse had guess who? That's right, King David. Do you remember King David? And that's why it should be no strange thing when you hear that David looked like a ruddy color. Because he was, his mother and his father was, his grandmother and his grandfather was, and so was all the rest of them. So now let me ask you another question. Do you know another important person? Yes, you should know him. Don't forget, the, the um, Israelites were surrounded by what? The Canaanites, and because they was, we got to remember that. We find a man who is called the wisest man that walks on the earth, the wisest king. The Bible says that, guess what, king? David was his father, and if he was a black man or man of color, and he married um, Bathsheba. You remember Bathsheba? Bathsheba was the wife of Uriah the Hittite, but I mean, he was a Canaanite. So that means if she was black and Canaanite, African, and King David was a black man also, then guess what? Then King Solomon had to be a black man. So it shouldn't be strange when people read in the Song of Solomon, chapter 1, verse 5, I am black. That should not be a mystery. Many people wonder about that, but that should not be a mystery to us. And so forth, from him, we have, guess what? Solomon married an Ammonitic woman and had King Rehoboam. And through King Rehoboam, all of the kings of Judah were what? People of color. They had to be. Okay? And guess who was the greatest king of kings and lord of lords of all the kings that ever ruled on the earth? You got it. That's him. King Jesus. That's right. So the Bible does tell us in Revelation chapter 1, verse 14 and 15. Do you know what it says? Let's look at it for a minute. Revelation chapter 1, verses 14 and 15. His hair and his, his head and his hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like a flame of fire, and his feet like unto fine grass. So it lets us know what? That the, that the feet of Jesus were like fine grass, or like the color of a penny, and also his hair is like wool, just like my hair. Also, let us consider Revelation chapter 2, verse number 18. Let's look at the ending part of the scripture. He saith the Son of God, who hath his eyes like unto a flame of fire, and his feet are like fine glass. Let us read that scripture again. Revelation chapter 2, verse 18, the entire verse. And unto the church are in Thyatira write, These things saith the Son of God, who hath his eyes like a flame of fire, and his feet like fine glass. So there we go again. We have his feet as fine brass. So the Bible lets us know clearly that he was what? A man of color.
Osteen Church and say, hey, thank you. Bye. And take them all black people and just walk out with them. I ain't praying. I, I swear, I'd be laughing, ready to laugh at I'm so sincere. He says some of the black people would rather sit up under a white man, meaning a white Christ. Now, now that we have realized this, some people might be saying, so what? Big deal. Why is this important to me? According to Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, it says, where there is no business, the people perish. And indeed, we are perishing. We are perishing in the jail houses. We're perishing in the crack houses. We're perishing in homosexual bath houses. We're perishing on the street corners. We're perishing in the game. Black Like me, and that's where and they, they did. They did that, man. I know they did. It's, 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 it's I, I want to go to Copeland and Jolstein Church and say, "Hey, thank you." Bye. And laugh and ready, laugh that. I'm so sincere, man. You know what I'm saying? Part about some of those black people. This is because we do not know who we are as a people, where we've been as a people, what we have accomplished as a people, and what we have the potential of accomplishing as a people. Most of the information that you have heard has been systematically kept from us or has been credited to others. Just because it makes you feel uncomfortable doesn't mean it has to change. You know, I mean, Jesus was a white man too, but you, you know, it's like, we have, he was a historical figure. I mean, that's a verifiable fact, as is Santa. I just want right. the kids watching to know that. Yes. But my point is, how do you just revise it, you know, in the middle of the legacy of the story and change Santa from white to black? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't. You know, you can't take facts and then try to change them to fit some sort of a political agenda or a sensitivity agenda. You can't change the color of Jesus or Santa to fit your agenda, said Fox News. Today they're covering the Jewish Heritage uh, uh, Month. Any comments on Israel? We're asking everybody today. Any comments on Israel? They have a lot of Palestine. Ooh. Any comments? Remember, these people are occupied. And it's their land. Not Germany, not Poland. So where should they go? What should they do? They go home. Where's the home? Poland. So the Jews, Germany. You think Jews go back to Poland and Germany? And, and America and everywhere else. Why push people out of there who had lived there for centuries? See? Oh. Now, are you familiar with the, the history of that region? What's it like? Very much. I'm of Arabic. I see. You speak Arabic? 
So don't you, you don't have to hold your head down. I got a lot of my friends, they're black Hebrew Israelites and so many others that, that, that are now, it's, a, it is growing because it appeals to who they are ethnically. And so they suggest that when they look at the faith and our Sunday school literature, come on, think about it. We grew up, all the Sunday school books had white characters. And so ethnically, there was no sense of identification. If you watch the story of Moses, Moses was played by Charleston Heston. Cleopatra played by Elizabeth Taylor. Y'all got the brakes on me around here. And so when you're watching all these images, it seems that when you see us, we are in the woods with no tangible contribution. What I'm trying to share with you, but from the very beginning of our faith, not just the beginning of our faith, but the very beginning of scripture. You cannot put us out the equation. Are y'all listening to me here? Matter of fact, if you want to talk about the Bible being a white man's book, the very first country mentioned in the Bible is not Rome or Pamphylia or Ephesus or Galatia or Canada or New York. Not even Jerusalem. But Genesis, Genesis chapter 2 verse 13 describes the location of the Garden of Eden talks about the Havila, the blue and the white Nile, and talks about it encompasses the land that goes out through, here's the word, Ethiopia. The first country you ever see in the Bible. Y'all got the, y'all acting funny toward me here tonight. It's in Genesis 2.13. The first country you ever see mentioned in the Bible is an African country. Genesis 10, the repopulation of earth. Shem, Ham, Japheth. Huh? Mizraim, Cush, Canaan. Huh? All African countries. Jesus at the age of two years of age, and Herod the king wants to kill him, according to Matthew chapter 2. Verse 11 and 12 said that wise men brought him gifts of gold, frankincense, and I'm in the book. Opened their treasures and brought him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And then the angel told them to don't go back to the east, the way of Herod. Because Herod's going to try to seek the young child's life to destroy it. Mary, Joseph, and baby Jesus arise. And they go and they hide in Egypt. Y'all got the brakes on me here. Baby Jesus spent time as a fugitive. And I'm so glad Egypt didn't have no wall built up. I'm so glad they didn't have Egyptian border patrol to take him from his mama and put him in a cage. He found asylum and safety in Egypt while the governmental leader was trying to kill him. If you got saltine colored skin and blonde hair, the last place you're going to hide. Is in Egypt. Do it, Smith, are you saying I'm saying all this because you need to be proud that God, the scriptures didn't leave us out of the Christological or biblical conversation. We've been a part of it from the beginning. 
We just can't let them keep telling our stories for us. All right, listen to me here. Daniel said, when I saw Jesus, I looked at him. Got a good look at him. When I looked at him, I saw he had hair. Like wool. His eyes like flames of fire. And his feet looked like polished brass. Have you seen any vanilla looking brass? Troy to this book entitled Africa's Gift to America by J.A. Rogers. I'm going to read this section here on page 61. You give me Acts 13 for one. Listen closely. These first Africans, now when it says Africans, a lot of you get confused about the term Africa. The name Africa, where does it come from? Leo Scipios Africanus. Okay, a white man. Okay, America. Where does it come from? America Vespa. All right, we already went over that. So don't be confused, okay? You're not African and you're not American. But just listen, they call that's the term they put on our people. These first Africans were variously called Niger from N River Niger. Niger, Niger, Ethiopian, more. Niger, N-I-G-E-R, was pronounced not N-I-J-E-R, which is Niger, but nigger, N-I-G-G-E-R. So the word N-I-G-E-R is pronounced not N-I-J-E-R, but nigger, N-I-G-G-E-R. That's how N-I-G-E-R is pronounced nigger. Now let's go to Acts 13 and 1. <clears throat> now there were in the church that was at Antioch. Certain prophets and teachers, as Barnabas and Simeon, that was called Niger. No, you see, he, was, he forgot the point that we just read how that word is pronounced. So you want me to read? N I G G R was pronounced not N I J E R, but N I G G E R, nigger. So I have to pronounce it like yes. that. Okay, let's read it again. Acts chapter 13 and 1. Now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas and Simeon that was called nigger. No! <laughs> That's heavy! So, which means black. All it meant back then was black. That's what the term meant. But you know what? You gotta hit a black woman in the head because it's not in the Bible. Yes, it's in the Bible. Let us look at the 
the Garden of Eden and try to get an understanding of what the Bible says. We're going to turn to Genesis chapter 2, and we're going to read verse number 10. Genesis chapter 2, verse number 10. Notice what it says. And a river went out of Eden to water the garden, and from thence it was parted and became into four heads. Notice what the scripture says. It says that a river came out of the Garden of Eden, and it divided up into four different rivers. Now, what we want to do now is identify what are these four rivers, okay? Notice what verse 11 and 12 says. And the name of the first is Tyson. That is it, which compass the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold. And the gold of that land is good. There is barium and the onyx stone. Notice what it says. It says that the first river is called Tyson. Now, we don't have a river today that's called Tyson, but it tells us that if we, it says that this river encompassed or surrounds the whole land of Havilah. So what we need to do is try to identify where the land of Havilah is. Okay? And to do that, we have to turn to Psalm 49, verse 11. That's Psalm 49, verse 11. And notice what it says. Their inward thought is that their houses shall continue forever and their dwelling places to all generations. They call their land after their own name. What did it say? It says they called the land after their own names. Okay? Now, so what this is telling us is that if you had a son, then you would name the land after them. Or if you had children, they would name the land after their children or after you. Now, let's see if there's any examples in the Word of God. Let's turn to Judges chapter 18. We want to turn to the book of Judges chapter 18. And we're going to read verse number 29. Judges chapter 18, verse 29. Notice what it says. And they called the name of the city Dan, after the name of Dan their father, who was born unto Israel. Howbeit the name of the city was Lachish at the first. So notice what it says here. It says that they called the name of the city, what? Dan after their father or after their particular tribe okay that's one example let's look at another example when we look at the canaanites okay they dwelt in the land of canaan now the question was there was one of the children of ham was called canaan and so the land was named after what after one of the sons of ham so that becomes important okay now the question is well do we have any children that is named Havilah? yes if you look at our charts you will find out that Ham, who's the father of the Africans, had a son called Cush. And that word, Cush, is translated Ethiopia. And Cush had a son called Havilah. So we should expect to find the land of Havilah under the Ethiopian Empire. Now we have to remember that the Ethiopian Empire extended as far as India and as far as China. They had a massive empire. And so, of course, if you look at our chart, you will see that Havilah is between the Red Sea and the Persian Gulf. And that's in what we would call today the Middle East. Okay? Let's look at the second river. Genesis chapter 2. We're back to Genesis chapter 2. And we're going to read verse number... But that is
13. Claim is that every book of the New Testament was written in Greek, which is insane because all the books of the Bible were written by Hebrews. All the books of the Bible were written by Hebrews, including the New Testament. So it just doesn't pass the smell test right. that all of the authors were Hebrew and yet all of the originals weren't in Greek, but that is the claim. So we're looking at the New Testament, the Bible, through the Greek filter of another language, culture, and thought. Roman Jews was to essentially steal the history of the real Messianic movement. So it's, it's going to take on Greek elements, and, and, and there's a lot of these. We'll get into them one by one, but it matters. And the reason we know is that it was not all written in Greek. The church fathers said so. There, were, there are 75 historical attestations that the, the Gospels were originally written in Hebrew. At least Matthew was originally written in Hebrew. So how come we don't learn about this in like seminary and places like this, or even just in just regular school? We are descendants of the Greek church. Ah. And the Greek church, Greek primacy of the Bible is an article of faith. Right? So, okay. so we have to, you have to, you know, not only are there 75 historical attestations from the, the, the fathers, the founding fathers of, the, of the, what we call the Christian church now, but there was no one who said it did not exist. No one said it did not exist. And among those 75 attestations, there are more than 80 quotations directly from the Hebrew Gospels. All right, so we're supposed to say, well, the modern view of it, and remember, the modern view is 2,000 years old. That was about, about almost 2,000 years later. Now they're saying, well, there never really was a Hebrew Gospel. That was just mentioned by Papias and everybody, you know, kept saying the same thing instead of uprooting the error. But that, that's not true. It's not true that all of the early church fathers were, were either frauds or fools by mentioning the Hebrew Gospels. That's that's what you have to think to, to erase all of the early historical evidence. Well, there was a Hebrew Gospel. You know, it's all too fine. Now, first of all, I'm, I'm curious. So you knew there had to be more. Where did these other ones uh, come from, if you can recall? It originated from Cochin in, in India. It originated from Cochin in, in India, in the Kerala province in India. And this, is where, this is where Thomas went in the first century and set up his ministry. Now, he would have taken, all the, all the apostles would have taken the Hebrew Gospels yeah. with them. That was their word. There was no great gospel. When they, they had gone to all, all corners of the earth, really, carrying the Hebrew Gospels with them. But we have a historical attestation that Bartholomew, pretty soon after that, the Bartholomew in the Bible, mm -hmm. went to Cochin, India, went to Thomas's ministry, and carried a copy of the Hebrew Gospels with him. Now, this is not just legend. How, no, do, we, how do we know this? This is historical attestation from okay. the, the writings of the early church. Oh, okay. All right. Now, we also have a went to India and brought a copy of it back to Alexandria. Copy of Hebrew Gospels back to Alexandria, where Origen used it in writing his famous Hexapla, which was the comparison of the extant Hebrew versions of the Bible, including mm -hmm. the New Testament, a comparison of them with the extant Greek versions of the Bible. Mm -hmm. Now, the, the Roman Church didn't like Origen very much, so his his all of his research, the Hexapla, we have fragments of it, but it's pretty much disappeared. I don't know if that's on purpose or not, but that tends to be the pattern. We've <laughs> written the book on the subject. So, that's true. Yeah. That's right. But let's look at let's look at the evidence of it. So, uh, you know, the most important question you yes. might think is, what are these Hebrew Gospels? We now have the manuscripts. We have had the manuscripts. These are new manuscripts. Are they authentic? Right. How do we know? And Andy goes in there and realizes that there's copies of the Hebrew Gospel in there. Yeah. And so there there has to be more. I mean, three uh, over three thousand Hebrew New Testament manuscripts. Repeat that. Over 3,000 Hebrew New Testament manuscripts uh, and of the complete New Testament from Matthew to Revelation, total pages, total uh, manuscripts is over 3,000. So that's half or just over half of what the Greek have, of what the Greek New Testament has, and we've discovered these within the last few years.
So these need to be taken seriously. These aren't just a few pages uh, that some people suggest or a one copy from one hand. These are multiple copies from multiple scribes totaling on e total each page, of course, over 3,000. Roman Jews was to essentially steal the history of the real Messianic movement. I'm so sincere, man. You know what I'm saying? Part of some of those black people. I'm so sincere, man. You know what I'm saying? Part of some of those black people. We want to be able to define what color was Adam. Let's turn to Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. Does God give us any hints or tell us the complexion of Adam? Yes, it does. In Genesis chapter 2, verse number 7, notice what it says. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. Notice what it says here. It tells us, number one, that God formed man from what? From the dust of the ground. That's correct. That's what we call today dirt or soil. Okay? Now, dirt and soil comes in three different shades. The red, which we make bricks from, or which we make, which clay comes from. The brown one, which is the most common one you'll find on most farms or even in your backyard. And the last one is called the black. Um, soil, and that's where you will find in the forests and in the woods. That's the most richest soil. So we know that Adam was cre was a man of color because he was created from the dirt, and dirt has color. Okay, what else? Notice what the um, Hebrew Greek Key Study Bible says. It says that Adam means reddish brown. So it lets us know that the color of the dirt. If you want to know what color is reddish brown, you just pick up some dirt and put it in your hand. And that's what color Adam was. Now, God understood that. And so notice what God said. The word Adam in Hebrew means Adham. This means red or taken out of the red earth. So the Bible lets us know where Adam came from. He lets us know what color Adam was. And so we don't need not to understand what the Lord would have us to understand at this time. <laughs>
It's in Revelation chapter 1, verse 14. It says, um, His hair is like wool, and his eyes are like flame of fire. Oh, Lord, have mercy. You sure do say that, don't you? And see, Mom, look at that hair, like wool, ain't it? And look at them eyes, red like fire. How do we know Jesus wasn't black? He could have been from the lost tribe of Israel. They were supposed to be black. I bet they were. If ever people were lost, we're it. <laughs> if ever people were lost, we're it. <laughs> There's uh, three guys marching, and one of them is born of fruit, and the other one is carrying a flag. You mean the spirit of 76? That's it. Guess who was playing the drum? Buford. Buford. Well, I've seen that picture a thousand times, and all three of them dudes is white. So what? I may tell you see pictures of Jesus, and he's white. <laughs> well, what about it? That's wrong, too. Because <laughs> you can't hang around Jerusalem no 30-some years and don't wear no hat and stay white. Notice what it says. There were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas, and Simeon, that was called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene. Now notice what the Bible says. It says, and Libyans or Cyrenians. That's very important for us. Okay, let's look at also chapter 11. Acts chapter 11, verses 19 through 21. Acts chapter 11, verses 19 through 21. Now they which were scattered abroad upon the persecution that arose about Stephen, traveled as far as Phineas and Cyprus and Antioch, preaching the word to none but to the Jews only. And some of them were men of Cyprus and what? Notice what the Bible says, Cyrene. That was a what? North Africans. Which, when they were come to Antioch, spake unto the Grecians, preaching the Lord Jesus. Now notice what it says here. It says that the Cyrenians or the North Africans went and preached the gospel to who? The Grecians. Who were the Grecians? Europeans. So that means that the Africans brought the gospel to Europe, not the Europeans bring the gospel to Africa. How have things become so confused today? The Bible doesn't talk about the Europeans bring the gospel to Africa, but it does say that the Africans brought the gospel to Europe. Notice what else verse 21 says, And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned unto the Lord. So amongst the Greeks, the Greeks received the gospel from the Africans, and many of them accepted the Lord. The power of the Lord rested upon them. Notice what else happens in Acts chapter 13, verse number 1. Acts chapter 13, verse number 1. Notice what it says. There were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers, as Barnabas and Simeon, that was called Niger and Lucius of Cyrene. Now notice what the Bible says. It says that there were certain what? Prophets and teachers. Did you know that there were some African prophets and African teachers? Many things you didn't even know about people of color in the Bible. But the Bible tells us clearly they were Cyrenians. And so notice that word Niger also means what? Means black. That's an African name. Christians were niggers. Not only is Simeon called nigger, but Lucius is said to be of Cyrene, which is in Libya, Africa. 
The handy dictionary of the Bible lists nigger first as Niger, which doesn't exist in Latin. But what it does get right is its listing of the nigger, Simon, as the leader of the church at Antioch, which was the first place in which the term Christian was first used. Here's the Latin translation of Acts 13 from the Vatican's Nova Vulgate Biblioram Sacrorum. Notice the same nigger in the Latin being used, nigger with the hard G. And again, these niggers are not just attending the church, they are the leaders of the church. Simeon, in particular, who is called nigger, is referenced in a variety of Bible dictionaries and theological explanations as the leader of the first Christian church at Antioch. Here's Nave's topical Bible, listing nigger as black, surname of Simeon, leader of the church at Antioch. As we can plainly see, niggers begin as prophets and as teachers and leaders of the first church. Over time, these same niggers are degraded and disrespected by the same Greco-Romans that would adopt and co-opt the Christian faith for themselves and for the control of their colonized people. Who was this Ethiopian the eunuch that came up to visit in Jerusalem at the time of feast. Number one, we realized that this Ethiopian eunuch was an Ethiopian Jew because only the Jews would go up and worship in the feast at the feast day. So he had to be a Jew. And the Bible, and we do discover Ethiopian what? Jews today. The Ethiopian Jews that we find today are direct descendants from who? That's the question. Now what we want to do is find out who are the Ethiopian Jews? Who are their mother and father? Who were the ones in the beginning? Okay? And what we find out is according to the Ethiopians, according to their book, they say and document that Sheba, Queen of Sheba, visited the king of, guess who? Yes, King Solomon. You can find that in First Corinthians, First um, Chronicles. Also, when you look at that, you can also find it in now let's put two and two together. The Ethiopian Bible is the oldest and complete Bible on earth. It is of ancient origin. The oldest complete Bible. It was written in Gaze, G E E Z, an ancient dead language of Ethiopia. It's nearly 800 years older than the King James Version and contains 81. To 88 books compared to 66 that we have. But if you check the 1611, check and you'll see some of those books was left out. This uh, Ethiopian or Bible can, includes the book of Enoch, Esther, Baruch, 
and all three books of Maccabee, and a host of others that was excommunicated from the King James Version. But we see that they are, in some of the Bibles, they have put the books back in. And they're saying that this, the world's first illustrated Christian Bible discovered at Ethiopian Monastery. So the world's earliest illustrated Christian book has been saved by a British charity which located it at a remote Ethiopian monastery. So it says this is the oldest complete canon. So just wanted to give you something to think about. You can always research and look look it up. not rejected. Don't let somebody tell you that this is not the history of you. This is your history, and you need to return to the Lord, because until we return to the Lord, we are not going to be right. But guess what? We need to turn unto the Lord. There was nothing coarse, dull, or awkward about the first astronomers, the first architects, the first agriculturalists, artists, weavers, pottery makers, and so on. These are not a warring people or an ignorant people. These are a thinking people. But if you cannot even bring yourself to study the actual word nigger, you will never even know that such people even existed. And this is what institutional racism is all about. It's all about the demonization and degradation of one group or race of people toward another because of that race or group's physical appearance. To teach or influence a society that one race is supposed to be subservient to another or that a certain people are evil because of their race is institutional racism. And this is what a literal and critical look at the N-words reveal. It doesn't matter what a dark-skinned person with woolly hair or thick lips was or still is called in a white European colonial society. Dark-skinned people with afros and full lips were the direct enemies or rather targets of English imperialism and greed. So whether you are called Ethiopian, black, negro, moor, nigger, or black man, all of these racial epithets in English language will lead right back to evil, slavery, and or subhuman beastly characteristics in English culture. It is when we look at the etymologies of these racial epithets, literally, that we begin to see what has happened to us and to everyone educated by colonial criminals. Here's the word black man in the Oxford English Dictionary. My point being that niggers, with one G, N-I-G-E-R-S, were a real people. The term nigger, N-I-G-E-R, has always referred to a real people, a special people, a holy people. Such peaceful, unarmed people, however, were also the targets of Greco-Roman imperialism and invasion, and thus slander. Before, during, and even many years after the existence of the Roman Empire, those called niggers held the status of prophets and teachers all throughout the Mediterranean, Europe, and Africa. We see this divine status in the early formations of the Christian church, where in the book of Acts, chapter 13, 
we read, quote, Now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas and Simeon that was called Nigger, and Lucius of Cyrene and Manian, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul, end quote. Here, it is important to note that not only is the city of Antioch, which is in Syria, the first place where the term Christian is being used, but these early Christians were niggers. Now the next point we want to look at is, who was Abraham? Where did Abraham come from? Many of us don't even know that. But the Bible says that Abraham came from where? Ur of the Chaldees. Let me show you on this map where Ur of the Chaldees is. Ur of the Chaldees is right over here. The Bible tells us it's right off of what? What we would call today the Persian Gulf. That's where Ur of the Chaldees is. Okay? And so that means that Abraham was what? A classical African. Did you know that? Yes. He was a classical African. That's very important. So that means that the whole Old Testament is written about who? Classical Africans. Written about classical Africans, written to classical Africans. That becomes very important. So let me ask you a question. How many wives did Abraham have? Do you know? Many of us don't know, but he had at least two. Because the Bible says he married Sarah, and when Sarah couldn't have any more children, guess what Sarah said? Why don't you go into my handmaiden, Hagar? And the Bible says that Hagar became his wife, and he had Ishmael. Okay? And when he had Ishmael, you remember who Ishmael was? Hagar's. Um, son and Hagar was an Egyptian, so we can see here that Abraham and his children. What did they have? They had Egyptian or black what servants or handmaidens for their maiden. Okay, and so we see here that Ishmael was a man of color or black man because his mother was an Egyptian, was an African, and so eventually Sarah had what? Sarah had another one called who? Isaac. Isaac. Who was Isaac? Y'all remember who Isaac was? Isaac married Rebecca. And did you know that Isaac had twins? He had Esau and Jacob. Do you remember who Esau was? Yes, Esau married Ishmael's daughter, and he also married two Hittites. And what about Jacob? Do you know how many children Jacob had? Yes, he had four sons. Okay? That becomes important. But we're going to go through each of the people of the tribe of Israel and define who they were. And we're going to find out if they married the Europeans, and we have European Jews in the Old Testament, or did they marry Africans, which would mean that they would be what? Black working Jews. On. Okay. We are not racist. We are not have any bones to pick with anyone. But we want to let you know that we are just trying to give the his true historical viewpoint of people in the Bible. We have Jeff, and we also have Tim that are working the camera and is working the production of this program and making it possible for all to see. They're both Caucasian, so we just want to let you know that that's not what we're into. We want to be able to share all truth to all people for all time. Question. time Are there any questions? You watch it, baby. It's getting heavy on religion. I can 
say this has become a struggle between good and evil. Satan has a question. <laughs> yes, sir, Chaplain Gill, but since neither one of us are God, I don't think either one of us are in any position to say who's good and who's evil. Why don't you just ask your question? We were discussing the disciples. What color were they? Well, I don't think we know that for certain. But they were Hebrews, were they not? That's right. As was Jesus. Jesus was also a Hebrew. Why don't you just ask your question? What color were the original Hebrews? I have told you that we don't know that for certain. Then you can't believe for certain that Jesus was white. Just, uh, just a moment, just a moment. God is white. Isn't it obvious? Well, that is obvious, but we don't know if it's obvious that God is white. It's just that the images of Jesus that are on prison walls and churches throughout the world are not historically correct. Because history teaches us that Jesus was born in a region where the people had color. There's proof in the very Bible that you ask us to read in Revelations, first chapter, verse 14 and 15, that Jesus had hair like wool and feet the color of brass. Just, just what are you saying? I'm not saying anything. I'm proving to you that Jesus was not, and I might quote one of our Indian brothers, he was not a pale face. Uh -huh. Amen. Isn't that interesting? We have been building a foundation for the word of God. So when we read it, we might truly understand what God has to say to his people. <clears throat> Number one, we realize that classical Africa is where it includes what we call the Middle East and Africa today. And we realize that the Suez Canal was put in in the 1600s to separate Northeast Africa from the heart of Africa. And we found out that all of that was considered Africa in the past, or what we would call today classical Africa. We also found out that Noah had three sons, Ham, Shem, and Japheth, and we defined where they went. We found out that Japheth's children went into what we call the Isles of the Gentiles, or Europe. We also found out that Shem's children dwelt in Asia and Arabia with Ham's children, and Ham's children also dwelt in Africa also, and not just Asia and Arabia with Shem's children. Then we found out that Noah was a man of color, Adam was a man of color, and Shem, Ham, and Japheth were all men of color. And from that, we found out also that we um, went into detail of each of the children of Ham. We found out that Ham had four sons, Cush, which means the Ethiopian, Mizram, which refers to upper and lower Egypt, which would be the black Egyptians. The third son we found out was Put, which refers to the Libyans. And then we found out Canaan, who were what we would call the Canaanites. All of these were Africans, or some would call classical Africans. Then we are now finding out who did Abraham's children marry. Did they marry Japheth's children, which were the Caucasians, and then we would have European Jews in the Old Testament, or did they marry Africans? And then we would have, what, a black youth in the Old Testament. And that's what we're going to study at this point. We're going to look at the Word of God and see who Abraham's children married and who were the true Jews at the time of ancient history.
scribes of Israel were black. The lost tribes of Israel were black. <clears throat> At this time, we want to realize where did Abraham come from? Many of us are not familiar with Abraham, and we don't know where he came from. But the Bible tells us that he came from, guess where? Earth of the Chaldees. <clears throat> And if we look at this map here, we find what? We find Ur, Ur of who? Ur of the Chaldees is where Abraham came from. So that means that Abraham was, guess what? A classical African. That becomes very important for us to realize that. Okay? Now that we realize that Abraham came from classical Africa, or from what we would call um, Ur of the Chaldees, we also realize that how many wives did he have? He had Sarah first, and when Sarah couldn't have any children, Sarah told Abraham to go into guess who? Her Egyptian maiden, who was Hagar. Hagar did have a son by Abraham, and his name was Ishmael. Ishmael is the father of what we would call the Arab nations today. Okay? And so, what happened with Sarah? Sarah eventually did have a son, and his name was called Isaac. Isaac had a set of twins, and their names was Esau and Jacob. And we find out that Esau, which means Edom, and he was red, the Bible says, he came out red, that he married Ishmael's daughter, who was a black woman. So that means that what? All the descendants or the Edomites were what? Were black people. We also find out that Jacob married, guess who? Jacob had four wives. Many people don't know that, that he had four wives. Who were the four wives of Jacob? First of all, Jacob married <clears throat> Leah. He was tricked into Leah, remember. He wanted to marry Rachel, who he loved, and he was tricked by Laban into marrying Leah. When he was tricked into marrying Leah, then he winded up marrying Rachel. So he had two wives at the beginning. And in the beginning, Rachel couldn't have children. So Rachel said, Joseph, I mean, Jacob, why don't you do the same thing that um, our great-granddaddy Abraham did? Abraham had Hagar also. So would you go into my handmaiden, which was called Bilhah, and he did. And Bilhah had two children. Guess who their names were? Dan and Naphtali. So at least according to the Bible, we realize that how many children out of the 12 tribes were people of color? At least two of them. They were black. Okay, at least two, Dan and Nephilim. And then when Leah stopped bearing and she couldn't have any more children, she told Joseph, Jacob, to do the same thing. She said, Jacob, won't you go into my handmaiden? And guess who her handmaiden was? Her handmaiden was <clears throat> Zilpah. And Zilpah had two children by him. Okay, and their names was Gad and Asher. So at least out of the 12 children of Jacob, out of those 12 sons come the 12 tribes of Israel. At least one-third of them, which is four of the 12, were people of color, or some would call black people. Okay? So let's go on to see if anyone else married people of color or people that were descendants from Africans. We find that Joseph, Joseph was sold by his brothers to the Ishmaelites. The Ishmaelites eventually sold him into Egypt, and we know later on that Joseph <clears throat> became one of the greatest leaders under Pharaoh in the empire. 
okay? And who did he marry when he was in Egypt? We find out that he married an Egyptian woman. And when he married this Egyptian woman, he had two sons by her, Ephraim and Manasseh. And because he had Ephraim and Manasseh by them, guess what that means? That means no longer is it just four of the tribes, but now we got six of the tribes of Israel are now people of color. Half of the tribes were, had black people? That's correct. Half of the tribes were black. And as we can see here, we can also find out very clearly that Joseph received a double blessing. And what was this double blessing? He received a double blessing over his brethren. The Bible says that Jacob gave each one of his children, they became one tribe. But since Joseph got a double blessing, his two children replaced him, and he had two tribes. And so we have six sons who were people of color. And let's go on. Is there anyone else who married Africans or classical Africans? Yes, there is. We find out, guess who? Simeon married a woman of color or a Canaanite. And guess what? So that means he married a African or a classical African. And so that makes how many tribes now, people of color? At least seven. Are there any more? Oh, yes. The Bible gives us clearly quite a few. And we want to be able to define as many as the Bible would tell us. Do you remember Moses? Moses was mistaken to be a guess what? And Egyptian for how many years? For 40 years, the Bible says. Now, I know in the beginning when we have babies real small that white babies and black babies look alike. We know that. That's what people tell us at least. And so they look alike. But by the time you develop into age, when you get to 40 years old, there's no question either you're Caucasian or you're black. It's, it's not so mixed up at that point. And so what the Bible says that Moses was mistaken to be an Egyptian all of these years. He could pass as a black man. So if he could pass as any black Egyptian, that means he had to look like a what? An Egyptian. And what tribe was Moses from? Moses was from the tribe of Levi. The Bible does tell us that the Levites and the Simeons, that they took um, women that were from Canaan and that they were black women. And so we realize also in um, Ezra chapter 9 that the Bible tells us that Levites married many black women. And so we see here that at least how many tribes were what? Black or people of color? At least eight so far. Now, do you really want to find out how many were? Well, let me tell you this. For you to find out that there were more people of color in the Bible, guess what you'll have to do? You're going to have to come back after this break. <laughs> We have already been able to define eight tribes who were what? People of color. Who have either married an African directly from Egypt or a Canaanite, which is also a classical African. Okay? Now that we know that eight of them were, let's think about it. Don't forget, they were surrounded by the what? The Canaanites. The tribes of Israel. So, of course, they would marry Canaanites. The Bible lets us know that, that that's who they were surrounded by, so obviously that's who they married. The Bible never tells us that they went across the Mediterranean Sea, went into Europe, had women by there, and then came back over. The Bible doesn't tell us that. It tells us that he's married the people who he's surrounded. And so we can realize that they were people of color or black people. Now that we have been able to identify those tribes, now we're trying to get into a few more tribes. We find out that <clears throat> the Benjamites at one time 
had become sodomites. And when these Benjamites became sodomites, that the other tribes of Israel came in and said that they were going to destroy them because they were going to let sodomy exist amongst them. And so the Benjamites went to war against all the tribes of Israel. And when they went to war, obviously they lost, and only 600 of their men escaped and fled up into the mountains. And when the Israelites came through, they burnt every city and killed every boy, every woman, every girl, everyone, virgins, everybody died in there. And then they came to their senses and realized that, wait a minute, one of our tribes are lacking. And since one of our tribes are lacking, guess what we have to do? We have already determined, because we've told the Lord that we would not give any of our children unto them. So guess what? They had to marry Canaanite women. And so the Israelites told the 600 Benjamites that had escaped that they could go into the Canaan land and take them wives of the Canaanites. And so now we got what? A ninth tribe that had become totally people of color, or as we were called, black. Do you know any great Benjamites? You ought to. Do you know that the first official king was King Saul? And guess what? He was a Benjamite. You're right. He was a black man. The same thing when you look at um, his daughter. His daughter married who? King David. Mm, very important people. Do you know anyone else that was very important? Well, you ought to, because when we turn to Philippians chapter 3, let's turn there for a minute. Philippians chapter 3, verses 4 through 6. We're going to find a very important character there. And he was of the tribe of Benjamin. And that's what we want to be able to see. Philippians chapter 3, verses 4 through 6. Notice what it says. Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that he have whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, and Hebrew of the Hebrews. So we have it here that the great apostle Paul tells us, guess what? That he was a Benjamite. Okay? Now, since he was a Benjamite, my question to you is this. Was he a man of color? The Bible says we have to have at least two or three scriptures to establish all things. Okay? Now, let's see. Let's turn to Acts. Chapter 21. We're going to start at verse number 27 and 28. Acts chapter 21. We like to look at verse number 27, I mean 37 and 38 of Acts chapter 21. Notice what it says. And as Paul was to be led into the castle, he said unto the chief captain, May I speak unto thee, who said, Can thou speak Greek? Notice what the Bible says here. A Roman soldier, a European, asked Paul, can you speak Greek? Now, obviously, he didn't look like a Roman citizen. Obviously, he didn't look like a Greek because he would not have been asked, do you speak Greek? But notice what it says in the next verse. He says, art not thou that Egyptian? Now, notice, he calls Paul an Egyptian. So if Paul looked like a black Egyptian, he had to be what color? He had to look like an Egyptian, so he had to be a black man. There it is again. Okay? So there we go. We got the most important, one of the most important characters in the Bible who wrote most of the New Testament as a man of color. Let's see if there's any other tribes that have the same thing. Do you know any other? That's nine tribes we're at already. Now, just imagine. Did you know that Judah married the Canaanite? That would make how many tribes now? Ten tribes as people of color. 
Now, when Judah married the Canaanites, do you know who came to the tribe of Judah who were very important? Yes, you're right, King David. Did you know that in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 12, and 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 42, it tells us that King David was ready? You might not have known that. That means he was like a what? He was a reddish brown complexion. If you pick up dirt, then you would see what color King David was. Have your eyes, but see not. Which will come in handy if you're looking at Esther. <laughs> see, this is our family crest son, right here. And look, look at that crown. I am a king. There it is right there. I've been right all along. See, that's the crown. And right there, that's Ethiopia. That's where my family came from. And right here, see, that's black and white hand intermingled. Whatever that means. <laughs> Here's a shield showing that we were great warriors. With a Jewish star on it. <laughs> yeah. I wonder what that means. That means, Fred Sanford, if I know my Bible, and I know my Bible, you are a descendant of a king. A king of the Jews. <laughs> and if you're a king, you're also Jewish. Jewish? Gee, that's funny. You don't, you don't look it. I'm Jewish. Dear Elizabeth, Elizabeth, honey, I'm Jewish. This is it. This is a big one. I'm coming to join you, honey. I'll be the one with the chicken soup. It's impossible. I can't be Jewish. How could it be? That's what the scroll says, friend. Whoever heard of black Jews? King David was. Yes, you're right. King David. Did you know that in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 12, and 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 42, it tells us that King David was ready? You might not have known that. That means he was like a what? He was a reddish brown complexion. If you pick up dirt, then you would see what color King David was. He was looked like a regular classical African. Also, when you look at the lineage in the book of Matthew and Luke, and you look at the lineage, guess what you find in the lineage of Jesus? Did you know that Salem married Rahab the harlot? Did you know Rahab the harlot was a Canaanite because that's where she dwelt in the, Can in the land of Canaan? And so since she was black and she married um, Salem, and Salem had, guess who, Boaz. But I mean, Boaz was what we call today a black Israelite, okay? Now, Boaz married Ruth, and Ruth was a Moabitess, okay? And the Moabitess, they were Moabitess Canaanites, so she was also a classical African. So since Boaz was black and she was black, they had, guess who? They had Obed. And Obed had Jesse, and Jesse had guess who? That's right, King David. Do you remember King David? And that's why it should be no strange thing when you hear that David looks like a ruddy color. Because he was. His mother and his father was. His grandmother and his grandfather was. And so was all the rest of them. So now let me ask you another question. Do you know another important person? Yes. You should know him. Don't forget that the, the um, Israelites were surrounded by what? The Canaanites. And because they was we got to remember that. We find a man who is called the wisest man that walks on the earth, the wisest king. The Bible says 
that guess what? King David was his father, and if he was a black man or a man of color, and he married um, Bathsheba. You remember Bathsheba? Bathsheba was the wife of Uriah the Hittite, so that means he was a Canaanite. So that means if she was black, a Canaanite, African, and King David was a black man also, then guess what? Then King Solomon had to be a black man. So it shouldn't be strange when people read in the Song of Solomon, chapter 1, verse 5, I am black. That should not be a mystery. Many people wonder about that, but that should not be a mystery to us. And so forth, from him, we have, guess what? Solomon married a Ammonitic woman and had King Rehoboam. And through King Rehoboam, all of the kings of Judah were what? People of color. They had to be. Okay? And guess who was the greatest king of kings and lord of lords of all the kings that ever ruled on the earth? You got it. That's him. King Jesus. That's right. So the Bible does tell us in Revelation chapter 1, verse 14 and 15. Do you know what it says? Let's look at it for a minute. Revelation chapter 1, verses 14 and 15. His hair and his, his head and his hair were white like wool, as white as snow. And his eyes were like a flame of fire, and his feet like unto fine brass. So it lets us know what? That the, that the feet of Jesus were like fine brass, or like the color of a penny, and also his hair is like wool, just like my hair. Also, let us consider Revelation chapter 2, verse number 18. Let's look at the ending part of the scripture. These things saith the Son of God, who hath his eyes like unto a flame of fire, and his feet are like fine brass. Let us read that scripture again. Revelation chapter 2, verse 18, the entire verse. And unto the church are in Thyatira write, These things saith the Son of God, who hath his eyes like the flame of fire, and his feet like fine brass. So there we go again. We have his feet as fine brass. So the Bible lets us know clearly that he was what? A man of color. Also, if you look at the, in Europe, if you look in Germany, if you look in um, Russia, if you look in Italy, if you look in Rome, you will find out that the most ancient sculptures of Jesus are called, guess what? That's right, Black Madonna. That's right. And since they were called Black Madonna, you know what that means? That what? When people, when they wasn't racist, they were what? They also recognize the black contributions of black people in this society. And so let me ask you a question. Now, now that we have realized this, <clears throat> some people might be saying, so what? Big deal. Why is this important to me? According to Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, it says, where there is no vision, the people perish. And indeed, we are perishing. We are perishing in the jailhouses, we're perishing in the crack houses, we're perishing in the homosexual bathhouses, we're perishing on the street corners, we're perishing in the gang wars. This is because we do not know who we are as a people, where we've been as a people, what we have accomplished as a people, and what we have the potential of accomplishing as a people. Most of the information that you have heard has been systematically kept from us or has been credited to others, while the most embarrassing information around us about us is being spread around the world. As a people, it's important to know that we were for 500 years the absolute governing class in politics, army, scientific knowledge, and medicine, and the arts. <clears throat> As a people, it's important to know that we were proficient in mathematics, medicine, engineering, and agriculture. It is important to know that the European civilization and culture came from Africa through Crete. It is important to know that the Zidonian alphabet was adopted by the Greeks, passed on to the Romans, passed on to the German Anglo-Saxons, passed on to the British Isles, and is being used by us today. 
So I pray today that you can see and be proud of the fact that Africa, your homeland, is the cradle of civilization. I pray today that you can see that the Bible is the religion of your forefathers, men and women who are beyond a shadow of a doubt, the great patriarchs and women of the Bible. I pray today that you have become more acquainted with the rich biblical and legacy that we have as black people. And finally, I pray that you realize that the greatness that we had as a people and as a nation is once again obtainable, but only under conditions that we return to God. Can we be an overwhelming blessing to ourselves and to the world and to the universe as God used us in the past? I don't think he really was walking around worried about how his hair was. Can you see Jesus in the mirror? He makes sense. So this picture is just void. It don't have nothing to do with black because he ain't black either. Uh oh, I'm not getting enough amen. Somebody been converted. Somebody got converted. I haven't talked about Hebrew Israelite in a while. So in that little period, Somebody got converted. You got black Jesus hanging up in your house like the Evans family. Hoping it's going to help you get a job and, <laughs> and Thelma get a date. <laughs> Amen. Black Jesus. I mean, because personally, I don't want him to be black. I don't want nothing in heaven black. I want to leave black here. I want to leave everything black here. The whole continent of Africa. I'm sorry, Gene. I need the whole. Con I need everything that proceeded out of Africa to remain in the earth. I don't want to deal with this for eternity. You just stay on that camera up there, Kevin. Don't say that. Let me say it. You can't say that. <laughs> but uh, but this is yeah. This is uh, stop painting him. Stop hanging up pictures of him. Stop all of that because he doesn't look like this at all, and he don't want you to know what he looks like because it's never been about what he looks like. All right. Pull the skin off of every one of us and you'll have the same innards. Blood and guts. And a skeleton. And all of that's the same. There is no difference. In any of us, we're all the same. Never been about color. Well, God chose the chosen people. God picked a group of people because he had to. He had to pick a group of people to bring Jesus here. He didn't pick them because of their pigmentation. He didn't pick them because they spoke well and they were better than anybody. He picked a group of people because they were a group of people. Rock, paper, scissors, something. I need a group of people. So whether they were black, whatever, 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 the earthly Jesus left anyway. He left and took his color with him. Amen. So it had nothing to do with, look at somebody say it has nothing to do with color. Don't you start that ignorant mess in here. It has 
somebody tell me that the other day just sent me an yo yo ministry you are a false prophet because you you scared to deal with the real issue of color and 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 God's chosen ones and the lost children and the blah blah I said brother I, I deal with the lost folk every time I preach whoever doesn't know Christ the Bible said they're lost mind nothing to do with a color Yeah, you scared? They told me I was scared to preach it because something's going to happen to me. They, they, go, they kill everybody that comes out and talks about it. I said, bro, where do you get that statistic from? Everybody I know been preaching about it, they still here. You need to shut up. Hey, man, I'm not mixing that erroneous doctrine in it. Now, I would drop dead. God would, God would kill me if I tried to enter that foolishness in the truth. Especially when God has commissioned me to preach the truth. And for all these years, I have built a platform of truth. The minute I enter something erroneous in it, I'm out of here. Y'all don't have to do nothing. You ain't going to have to rebuke. You ain't got to take. You're not going to have to say anything. God is going to pluck me right out of here. Because I have too much influence with the truth. He don't let you do that. I'm so sincere, man. You know what I'm saying? Probably some of these black people. He whispered in his own shirt. And nobody in there. You know what I'm saying? Probably some of the black people. Listen. According to the Bible, outside of conversion, when you go into the history of the Khazarian history, I know you probably have some history on that. The Khazarian history. Uh, when you look between like the 8th and the 11th century, right near the time of the Crusades, you had a conversion of Khazaria, where they were being pressed on both sides, all right? Uh, you had Europeans who were Khazars who were pressed on both sides. You had the Christians on one side, and you had Muslims or Islam on the other side, and you had this great conversion of Khazaria. And with this great, this great conversion, you had many Caucasians convert into what we call today Judaism. Now, because the children of Israel fell as a people according to the Bible and have no idea who they are, of course, the people that are practicing uh, some similitude of the law would hold that stature and be proclaimed as the Jews today. All right? Yeah. Mr. Ballou, what's the use of saying Shulam Alaikum to me? I'm a full Sioux Indian. I'm not one of the chosen people. All right, go ahead being stubborn if you want to. I ain't stubborn. Oh, not much you ain't. You know, according to an ex-congressman of these United States, I heard give a lecture at the Chautauqua this winter. Injuns is the lost tribe of Israel, but he won't admit it. Just ain't true. He was an ex-congressman of these United States, I tell you. Oh, Papa, maybe he was mistaken. Oh, no, he was not. Jackson just got a mean, stubborn streak in him is all. I brought Mr. Bernstein, the telegraph operator, out here from town last month. And he stood right where you're standing now. And he talked Hebrew at Jackson for ten minutes by my watch. And Jackson pretended he didn't understand a word. Now, I call that stubborn. Well, I didn't understand a word. You see what I mean?
child of Israel, I heard the sound, hear the sound. Please give me the strength to stand today. With my eyes towards the east, show me the way. I opened up the 